Welcome to Offscreen. Let's get cinematic and staying cinematic on your couch, but maybe for just one week more. I'm Bex Perfect. I'm Van Connor. One week, you say? One tiny week? Well, I say that because there is a little bit of a blockbuster that is coming out to cinema. There is? There is. Do you remember those? I, I, I vaguely remember these. These were things once upon a time where we would all get together in darkened rooms and be shown like a, a DVD on a massive screen or something. I forget how the science worked. Yeah, I, I forget how it all works. And to be honest, depending on distancing, when I go and check it out next <laughs> week, I might still be back on the couch again. So, so you know what? just have to wait and see. But this may be, for a little while anyway, that we might have a break in the system and we might be able to go to the cinemas and then we'll all be back to the couch. There's nothing else out for a while after this one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very true, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I mean, you look at the release schedule in weeks to come. Because I've, I've only just, like, yesterday emailed Disney and asked, like, are, are you going to let us see New Mutants? Is that a thing? Or are you just going to, like, pretend it doesn't exist? Because I've seen next to nothing on New Mutants lately, and that is due to come out in, like, a fortnight. I love that you're hounding Disney. It's like a David and Goliath scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Disney love me. I have a great relationship with Disney. They're wonderful people at Disney. They are exactly what you imagine, the people who work for Disney to be like. I just imagine Mickey Mouse down the phone line to you, so don't break that. That's all I want to hear. And if, if Donald Duck shows up, even better. Right, let's move on because we've got some new releases out for you guys today uh, on Netflix and on Disney+. Plus. So if you are subscribing to either of those platforms, it is nice and easy for you to get hold of these. And we're going to kick off with a film, which I think it just says everything in the title, right? Exactly what it's about. It's called The Sleepover. So I can only imagine that that's what it's about, Van. Uh, pass. It is seemingly in no way... I don't know why it's called The Sleepover. Okay, here's the plot of The Sleepover. So imagine a sort of 90s PG-rated, you know, family film. Something like uh, Monkey Trouble or Blank Check. You know, family-friendly movies that, like, Disney, for instance, used to make. You know, you have, like, an 8-year-old kid, you have, like, a 12-year-old kid, their siblings, they go on an adventure. That kind of... Hocus Pocus comes from this sort of ah, school of thought. Yeah. You know, that kind of a family film. This this is skewing a bit younger. This is more Spy Kids kind of terrain, okay? So imagine Spy Kids did The Long Kiss Goodnight, or imagine True Lies made for Nickelodeon. That's kind of what we're talking about here, if you can imagine such a bizarre thing. So you've got two kids. Again, you've got like a sort of eight-year-old-ish boy. You've got like a sort of, I think it's maybe about 14 or 15-year-old girl. She's talking about going off to college in a few years. Uh, their siblings, uh, they discover that their mum, their parents are abducted one night and they discover that their mum has been in witness protection their entire lives. So she is an ex-master thief, like, you know, Cat Burglar, Catherine, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Catherine Heigl, Catherine Zeta-Jones in Entrapment is their mum, effectively, only she's played by uh, Malin Ackerman from Watchmen and Billions. And she's had these kids and started a family whilst in witness protection. She's married to Ken Marino, who you'll remember from films like Role Models and Party Down and stuff like that. Um, he's just an average schlub. He's dragged along on this adventure when she's forced back into action to help steal a rare crown from a foreign embassy. And the kids go off on their own adventure, complete with her put-upon handler to rescue her. Guys, ninjas just stole your parents. Hello again, Matilda. Time to get the old band back together. Honey, you, you know this? Why would somebody take your parents? Look, this is Mom's necklace. She never takes this off, ever. She's trying to tell us something? Look, the symbols match. This could help us find them. What are you doing here? 
Who's that? Her fiance. What is happening? We were big time smugglers. Then we went into witness protection. Everything was my fault. I got us involved with a dangerous man named Jean Paul Dovi. Jean Paul Dovi? Jean Paul Dovi. Jean Paul Dovi. Okay. That's what I, I'm saying, what you're saying. Okay. So when you describe it and the movies that you drop from like Entrapment to True Lies and Longest <laughs> this sounds all sorts of wrong, okay? But that, listening to that clip, it sounds mm. fun, right? For an old- yeah, everything I described, but for Nickelodeon, would basically be the way to describe this film. It's, I mean, say it's, it's going to Netflix, so it's going to find it's, it's, it's perfectly positioned for where its audience are. Yeah. To be really honest, you look at some. What I will say about this is to compare it to recent attempts at something similar. And the most recent thing that leaps to mind for me is My Spy with Dave Bautista. Oh yeah, which I loved actually. Surprisingly, so yeah. I found that really funny. That was good fun. So at one end of the spectrum, you've got My Spy, which is actually quite a gritty spy thriller for you know for a family friendly one. And then the other end of the spectrum, you've got say Spy Kids, which is more cartoony mm-hmm. and more broad and slapstick. This definitely airs more towards the side of Spy Kids. It's definitely a lot more Nickelodeon than the very Amazon Prime, for instance, My Spy. I think it's it's got a lot going for it. I think Ken Marino is the standout star. I mean, obviously, I'm not 10 years old. I'm not the core, core audience for this film. And I don't have ready access to any 10-year-olds I can show it to. And I was embargoed, and it was on a screen link. So I couldn't really show it to any 10-year-olds to ask. I would imagine a 10-year-old kid would find a lot of fun in this. Me, I thought I, I, I thought Ken Marino was doing a lot of heavy lifting in this. I think he's a lot of fun. Doing a very late 80s, early 90s Charles Grodin routine. Mm-hmm. Malin Ackerman's a bit thankless. This could have been feasibly anyone. Like, this really could have been Captain Zeta-Jones, you know, for all intents and purposes. And you would have gained or lost nothing. It's quite a generic character. It's a, you know, generic mum who's also a master thief kind of a gimmick but you know I, I thought it worked so like i say reverse long kiss good night once you get on its level once you get on that nickelodeon pg family friendly level you you're kind of set for where it is quality wise it's about as good as it really could be it's a five out of ten if you're an adult i'd imagine it's a seven or eight out of ten if you are 10 years old Brilliant. there are good times and i think parents can watch it and not be too bored well, that's perfect for the audience, like you say, that it is. And you mm. want that target audience. But hey, that's The Sleepover. That is on Netflix from tomorrow, in fact. So, um, yeah. From today, from today, from Friday the Friday the 21st today. Friday the 21st today, of course. So, yeah, if you've got the kids in tow and they are pushing that tween to teen age, then this sounds like mm. a good one for you. Right, up next, we're actually moving over to Disney+, Plus, again available from today, the one and only Ivan. Which is based on a popular children's book from the last few years. Uh, been brought to the screen by Thea Sharrick. And this stars, in a human capacity, uh, Brian Cranston. As the voice of animals, as the voices of animals, you have Sam Rockwell, Angelina Jolie, Ron Funches, uh, Shaka Khan. It's a weird uh, roster of, of voice talent. And uh, Brooklyn Prince, you might remember from uh, The Florida Project, which I love to quote often. Um, similar to the book, the plot follows Ivan, who is, uh, this is loosely based on a true story as well. He is a gorilla who lives in a zoo in a shopping mall and sort of functions as the great honking attraction for this mall. Um, he doesn't remember his life before living in captivity. He was very young when he was brought into captivity. Doesn't remember the world. And the arrival of a new baby elephant voiced by uh, Brooklyn Prince named Ruby, who becomes the new headliner, sparks this desire within Ivan to return her to the wild, filling a 
the promise he's made to an older ape voiced by uh, uh, Angelina Jolie to get her back to the wild and then ensure that she has a proper life. But, well, you know, it's a zoo. It has to make money somehow. Uh, did you draw these? No. Oh. I didn't draw them. Did he? You know, actually, these aren't too bad. How about that, huh? A gorilla who draws. Gorilla that can draw. A gorilla who draws. Now that's something. Dad. Oh, boy. Dad, I told you I can draw. Look. <laughs> the press is going to eat this up. A gorilla who can actually draw. That's that's like, wow. that's a game changer. Game changer. Now, you mentioned Thea Sherrock, right? Who's directing this. Yes. Yeah. Now, she, in terms of the word game changer, that <laughs> Thea Sherrock is. So she, and I knew I recognised her name. Yes, she was, at 24, the youngest artistic director in British theatre. Um, she, she was. Yeah, London Southwark Playhouse. So that is, you know, incredible. She also, I think, directed Me Before You with... Um, she Hunter. did. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great kind of, um, you know, her heritage as a director from theatre to radio to film mm. is quite wholesome, hearty stuff that she does. And this feels like the one and only Ivan sort of falls into that category. Very much so. I'm glad you said it, because I was going to point out that she had directed uh, Me Before You, because this fits into that. Do you know what? If you want to get tears out of your kids, here's the movie for you. Um, yeah, as you can hear from the clip, Brian Cranston's sort of playing, you know, the token human, really. There's the young girl that you can hear in the clip, and there's her dad, who's played by Ramon Rodriguez. Oh, I forget what I know Ramon Rodriguez. He's one of those faces yeah. that you see in a bunch of things. I'm not sure if he was the one from Fringe or not, or is he one from Transformers? He's, I think he's the sidekick from one of the Transformers sequels. Um, I will say, as far as as far as the animals go, first and foremost, very very well cast. Sam Rockwell as Ivan, brilliant performance. You don't really get to hear him in that clip. Uh, the visual effects that they've got working for them are superior in many ways to something like, for instance, Doolittle. So we are talking about Babe the Gallant Pig style, you know, moving lips, talking yeah, animals, yeah. Uh, and it works. It does work. Uh, they don't really go down the route of explaining Toy Story style that they don't speak around the humans or anything like that. But you know, it, it works on the basis that you have it. Uh, the human casting is very good. Brian Cranston, perfect for this kind of thing. You know, like the film itself, Cranston's just got bags of heart and charm to spare. The fact that he is also sort of the antagonist works in a way that doesn't make him unlikable either. I think it's a very well shot film. I think it's comparable in a lot of places to Tim Burton's Dumbo. You can't really avoid that because, you know, it's it's a circus movie, you know, and yeah. it's a Disney circus movie with very similar uh, similar things going on around the I edges. Dumbo to be honest I know lots of people didn't but I really did and I mm. saw the magic in it and you know yeah. if that is up your street then maybe this is it. I mean the audience already audience review of this um, that are so excited just by the trailer you know lots of people the book it. is popular yeah exactly so there, there's lots of five stars going around from the audience so look I think this sounds like it's, it's probably a definite goer this weekend quite a strong weekend actually for movies I think so definitely this I mean don't get it wrong it never it never feels anything more than a made for streaming film but it does tug on the emo- on the heartstrings it does hit the emotional beats it does have you know enough charm and heart to spare bags of heart and charm to spare actually and 
I, th I would not be terribly surprised if this brought more than a few people to tears, to be honest. Well, there we go. So if you're ready to cry your eyes out this weekend, <laughs> you can do it. But if that's not one for you, then maybe the sleepover, which do not uh, believe the title is nothing to do with the sleepover. <laughs> more action and spy. I say spy kids, but not really. It's a little bit more older than that. But, you know, if you're after a good film for the kids that are turning from t tweens to teens, that might be one for you. Right, coming up next, we've got movies on Freeview, the first half of your week with all the movies that you're going to need from Saturday, Sunday to Monday. So stay with us. Welcome back to Off Screen. Now, keeping you on that couch for a change, we're going to hit up some Freeview movies, see what we can catch on the old Freeview channels for the next seven days. I'm going to start Saturday. 8.35pm, BBC One, and this is not just one of my favourite movies of the last few years. This is one of my favourite movies of all time. So, Miss Perfect, let's talk gravity. Oh, yes. It's Alfonso Cuaron, isn't it, who did this? It um, is. Yeah, it is indeed. And, it, you know, Oscar-winning left, right and centre. It is the movie that I remember when I was sat in the cinema and I saw the trailer for this, and you see Sandra Bullock just drifting off into space on her own you kind of go worst case scenario ever <laughs> oh, i remember i remember hearing about it when it was in development and the the plot that i always heard synopsize uh, during the sort of production of it was it's going to be a single shot and it's sandra bullock falling from space and i remember thinking well do you know what I i've seen ryan reynolds in a box for an entire movie. Bring it on. How bring, bring it on. How bad could this be? Sandy B's involved. Nothing could go wrong. And then, of course, as we got closer, Alfonso Cuaron's name came up. Clooney's name came up. Emmanuel Lubezki's name came up as cinematographer. And this is one of the great cinematic experiences yes. of my life. I'm sitting and watching this in an IMAX screen for the first time. You know, uh, Cineworld Sheffield, seat H22, which is always the best one yeah. on the screen. I've got um, It's amazing. Yeah, it is. And it's just thinking about it. It was such a, a an eye-opening experience if you love your movies. Now, when it translated onto the small screen initially, there was a little bit of debate around it. You know, some people didn't catch what the hype was. They didn't get it. And I, I, I understand that, right? You have to be fully immersed in this movie to get it. But I haven't hmm. seen it on the small screen. Obviously, you guys are going to have the opportunity to do it on BBC One at 8.35 on Saturday. Van, you have seen it on the small screen. How does it fare? I have watched this film about three dozen times. Now, bear in mind, I only saw it theatrically four times, I think it was, because okay. I just kept, <laughs> I kept taking people back. I took my girlfriend at the time to see it on the very last day that it was screening, because she was going to miss it. Otherwise, I went, you've got to see this on, on an IMAX screen in 3D, because, again, by the way, this is the best film ever made in 3D, and I mean yeah. actually made in 3D. It's the best film. It's, you know, to hell with Avatar. It's gravity all the way. Um, and she was blown away. She found it as immersive as I did. This is like a roller coaster ride. This is as close as you or I will ever feel to actually being in space is another worldly experience on the small screen you are more reliant on the story on the acting on the performances on the cinematography to, a, to, to an extent as well um, I, I don't think it has the immersive quality on the smaller screen but I still think it's a terrific enough film that it more than survives it intact do you know what I would just say guys if you've got a decent sized TV turn all the lights off uh, try and get your room as dark as you possibly can when you watch this at 8.35 and you'll get the experience that we are banging on about. Houston in the blind to confirm. Mission specialist Dr. Stone and mission commander Matthew Kowalski are the sole survivors of the SDS-157. 
apologize for not complying. I should have stopped working as soon as he instructed me to. We were going to get hit no matter what. There's nothing you could do to change that. Hey. Yes. All right. We have to make our way to the space station. Over there. It's a bit of a hike. We need to use their escape pod, the Soyuz, to get back to Earth. Or Clooney there as Kowalski. I will say about this movie, I was uh, incredibly fascinated by the making of I couldn't wait to get the 3D Blu-ray just mm. to watch the making of. And you know what? It didn't disappoint because the one thing that I had not expected is that the only real things that you see in this movie, the only things that haven't been CG animated, are literally their faces. Everything, the spacesuits, everything is all computer animated, but filmed, realistically filmed on gimbals at 360 yeah. degrees and yeah, every kind that. of angle imaginable. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, watch the movie, and if you're as fascinated by how this must have been made as I was, I just assumed water tanks for a lot of it. Yeah. No, not the case at all. Um, do look up whatever making ofs you can find on the DVDs, on YouTube, anything like that. Really riveting stuff. But yeah. you can see the movie in its entirety, 8.35, BBC One on Saturday night. I recommend biggest TV you've got in the house. If you've got the surround sound, crank it up as well because Stephen Price's score is phenomenal for this. There we go. Right, now, now we did mention the word roller coaster when it comes to gravity. I would also apply that <laughs> same word to our next movie on Sunday, which is The Notebook. Oh, yeah. Um, on BBC One. You actually have tears in your voice as oh, you say it. Tears in my voice and my eyes. I mean, this is Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams. This is, you know, the love story to end all love stories for any modern woman out there. Well, this, is, this is why both of them have careers. Yes. Literally both of them have careers built entirely upon this film. What the hell was Rachel McAdams' career going to be built on otherwise? The Hot Chick and Mean Girls? I doubt it. Okay. And as for Ryan Ryan Gosling, he'd been kicking around for like a decade at this point. I mean, I don't know anyone that's actually seen Half Nelson, but there are enough people on film Twitter that'll tell you it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, the Notebook, uh, uh, Nicholas Sparks adaptation, my mother's favourite. Uh, it's kind of the ultimate weepy for our generation. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the story of Ali and Noah. They're two lovers. They were separated by circumstance and fate. Um, and, you know, you see them from both, you know, their younger years and also how they are in their older years as well. And honestly, I can't help it, I'm going to start tearing up. It was an improbable romance. He was a country boy. She was from the city. She had the world at her feet, while he didn't have two dimes to rub together. I like how you didn't use the clip for that one. No. No, you saved no. that. Save that from the film itself. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. Look, you're right. It launched the careers of Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. It's brilliantly acted. It's a beautiful setting. Oh. It's one of those films that I think I remember growing up. They don't quite make films like this anymore, mm. in a way. It, it's very simple. It's very, you know, narrative-driven in a way that you kind of just... you, you Again, it's immersive in a completely other, other way to gravity. And it has, at the same time, it has... A- 
a lineage that goes back to like proper auteur-driven old-school Hollywood because yeah. this is directed by Nick Cassavetes, who is of course John Cassavetes, the late John Cassavetes' son. And also stars as the older Ali, Jenna Rollins, who, of course, is Nick Cassavetes' mum. So this goes all the way through the Cassavetes family at the same time. It's it's a hell of a one, this one. This is such an... In fact, for our generation, this is an iconic date movie more than anything else. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if I was single, I'd be using that as a benchmark for my future, you know, partners, because I'd be like... Is, you this, is this not how you met... Not how you met the hubby? You didn't meet him, like, at the screening? Uh, I, I, I think I made him watch this. And I think he fell asleep, and I think I questioned whether or not to marry him. But we got through I it. I see. We went to it therapy. It was fine. <laughs> uh, no, it was. Um, it is one of those movies that I do think you kind of go. You see the Notebook, right? <laughs> yeah, go, it is. Isn't it? Yeah. it is one of those movies. And it's such an iconic thing that you just you have to ask. Me, oh, so what did you think of the? Note? It's like it's one of those films like maybe not of the same stature, but it's like asking someone what they thought of Shawshank or The Forest Gump. It's it's just one of those movies that everyone has seen. And it's like, what yeah. did you think of? Yeah. Did you cry at the Notebook? One hundred Yeah, absolutely. And you guys straight. Uh, well, not straight after Gravity. It almost looks like it's straight after Gravity, but it's kind of similar time, similar um, similar channel. So we've got BBC One, 10.30pm for The Notebook. I mean, cry yourself to sleep on a Sunday night before a Monday morning. Mm. That's exactly what you need there. Right. Kicking off your weekend, uh, your week, in fact, we've got on Monday, we've got Manhunter, ITV4, 9pm. Are you familiar with Manhunter, Zach? I, I'm just going to check if I am or not. You you mm. kick it off and I'll let you know. Once you this was the it. first Hannibal Lecter movie. Once Upon a Time. This is from 1986, and this gave rise to The X-Files, this gave rise to Millennium, Profile of Criminal Minds, Silence of the Lambs, our entire serial killer obsession of that began in the sort of the early 90s was arguably kicked off in 1986 by this near forgotten Michael Mann movie and this is based on Red Dragon by uh, Thomas Harris yeah. which then got remade in 2002 to serve as a prequel to The Silence of the Lambs because it doesn't star Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter in this version it stars the great Brian Cox not the astronomer the other one and it stars as Will Graham instead of uh, Ed Norton who we got in the remake this stars not other than Gil Grissom himself, William Peterson, back when he was a leading man, when he was a sort of, you know, 30-something leading man before he became the middle-aged lead of CSI. And uh, as the, the villain Tom Noonan, one of those guys you just know from every creepy movie of the 90s, is the story of Will Graham, who's trying to hunt down the Red Dragon killer. Um, and to do this, he's forced to rely on the expertise of one incarcerated Dr. Hannibal Lector. It's about Atlanta and Birmingham. Yes, you read about it? In the papers. I don't tear out the articles. I wouldn't want them to think I was dwelling on anything more they do now. You want to know how he's choosing them, don't you? I thought you might have some ideas. Why should I tell you? You get to see the file in this case. And there's another reason. Pray tell. I thought you might be curious to see if you're smarter than the person I'm looking for. Then by implication, you think you're smarter than me since you caught me. No. I know that I'm not smarter. Then how did you catch me? You had disadvantages. What disadvantages? You're insane. Oh, if you are a fan of Brian Cox, as I am, after seeing him in Succession, 
you know, at, le- at the course, very yeah. least, you know, this is, I, I want to watch this. I can't wait. I haven't seen it and I'm going to. 1986, oh. a great year, a great vintage for movies like this. Well, also as well, of course, you know, this is 80s Michael Mann. Mm. This is when he was all about the neon. This is when he's producing Miami Vice and things like that. And he just randomly comes out with this awesome serial killer movie. Um, there's a noticeable difference. If you know the book and you know the remake as well, um, there is an entire coda, like a third act that, uh, that's missing from this version that has to do specifically with Will Graham himself. I'm not sure if it's not restored for one of the director's cuts or something. Um, But as you can hear from the clip as well, the dialogue is lifted in both film adaptations more or less directly from the book because you've heard Anthony Hopkins give that same exact bit of dialogue. Um, I think Cox is amazing in it. I think William Peterson is great in it, but I think the real star of this one, Michael Mann, ladies and gentlemen. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. And you 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 can praise his work here as I do all the time uh, by watching this at 9pm perfect time for it 9pm Monday night on ITV4 do not miss this it is an incredible film if you've never seen it you got to Welcome back to Offscreen. We are seeing you through your week with the best movies on Freeview for you to watch. And we are continuing with something I have never heard of. And Van is going to is basically going to school me on this because it's called Monster Trucks. It's on film four at 4.35 p.m. It sounds completely like something I wouldn't be interested in. <laughs> right. This is insane. Okay, first of all, this was treated by its parent studio, who I won't name. You can look them up if you want. Um, it was treated by its parents as if this was going to be the worst film that ever opened. Believe me, it is not. In fact, said studio has released far worse films and made a big deal of them in recent years. This stars Lucas Till, who most of us know uh, from the X-Men prequels, from X-Men First Class and Days of Future Past. Um, but for me personally, he's MacGyver. He is the new yes, MacGyver. the new MacGyver. TV. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it also stars, uh, oh, the star of Suburb- Suburgatory, I want to say Jane Levy, who also turned up in Don't Breathe, and the Evil Dead remake. Now, this is best described as another one of those sort of PG family-style films of, like, the 90s. He is Lucas Till, MacGyver, as I'll just keep calling him, is a sort of, you know, loner, teen outsider type who really just wants to build the ultimate car to impress the girls and escape his fledgling small-town life. He happens upon an alien creature that has escaped from a recently unearthed pocket of space, you know, uh, in, in, like, a mine shaft that happens to, like, hide a passage to where ancient creatures live. This one sort of alien-like monster creature gets out. It looks like a squid, but the cutest anime-like squid you've ever seen, rendered in CGI. He inhabits an old pickup truck that he manages to make move by basically running his tentacles along the wheel, and the pair go on the run from Men in Black, effectively. So I'll set the tone for you. But this thing is important, right? Shouldn't we tell somebody? You think he'd be better off with somebody poking at him, trying to figure out what he is? First of all, how do you know that it's a he? And secondly, as a youth for animal rights activist, I feel responsible for the well-being of that animal. He's fine. He's happy. I'm just saying he came from somewhere. He has a home. Don't you think he wants to go back there? Sure, but he's safe in here in the meantime. Besides, he's having fun. He's like a kid with his first tricycle. 
So, the creature's name, which doesn't come up in that clip, incidentally, is Creech, which is short for Creature. That's how imaginative this movie is. Lots of selfie gags, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, probably <laughs> needs to be seen to be believed. So, on that note, you can, I think, right. watch it for yourself. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I sat and watched this in a screening room. I think we were in the Covent Garden Hotel. It was myself. I was sat with Chris Honey, sir, and we basically mutually agreed at the end of this movie that, as in addition to both of us having quite a good time with it, his, and I think his son was seven at the time his seven-year-old son would think it was the greatest movie ever made now i've not checked back to see if that actually was the case but i can believe it yeah i can imagine i can imagine right okay that film four 4 35 p.m tuesday see it to believe it um (laughs) (laughs) moving on to wednesday we've got a simon Pegg movie and nick frost i think is in this as well it's called paul um it's about two comic (laughs) book buffs who take a road trip to area 51 they basically run into an alien and they get chased by the feds as a result. Um, This is a movie that I've seen once. Um, I know lots of people love it for what it is. It's not my type of thing, but I think... Really? Oh, wow. Uh, I would have had this as the third... I would have had this as the third Cornetto movie instead of The World's End. That's how much I love it. Well, do you know what? I I probably preferred it to The World's End, to be honest. I wasn't a huge fan of that one, but in terms of the the Cornetto trilogy, yeah, this probably... uh, Yeah, this could be up there. Anyway, it's a good watch nonetheless. Are you an alien? To you I am, yes. Are you going to probe us? Why does everyone always assume that? What am I doing? Am I harvesting farts? How much can I learn from an ass? What? I'm sorry. What's your name? It's Graham Willie. And what's his name? Uh, that's the writer Clive Gollings. Okay, cool. I'm Paul. Paul? Yeah, it's a nickname that's stuck. I, I, my ship crashed on a dog. It doesn't matter. Look, can we get the writer Clive Gollings back on the RV and get the hell out of here, please? I'm in a hell of a pickle. And if you don't help me, I could die on this road tonight. I don't know. We're on quite a tight schedule. Look, man, sometimes you just kind of roll the dice. What do you say? I think when you've got Seth Rogen voicing an alien, you're going to feel a little bit like you're going to get your mates together. You're going to maybe be relaxing in lots of different ways. And then you're going to put this movie on, aren't you? Absolutely. I mean, I've I've been I've, I've mentioned this film twice. I had it as my movie of the day a few days ago, and then I was putting together the, the freeview listing. So it's like, oh my god, I'm doing Paul. Two things about this movie. First of all, the supporting cast, which we haven't touched on: Jason Bateman, Joe Latrulio, Kristen Wiig, Sigourney Weaver, Seth Rogen, as you pointed out, as Paul. Uh, there is a hell of a roster in this. Uh, yeah. Anyone from like cable comedies that Bill Hader is in this, I think as well. Bill Hader, Just a oh my really, god. Bill Hader does a really great. great Great supporting cast. I think it's a great movie as well. The other thing I'll point out is, although Seth Rogen voices Paul, do you know who actually played Paul when they were making? Because obviously, it's a motion capture performance. Who they actually got to play Paul? Because he is in the film as an actual human as well. No, I have no idea. Joe Latrulio, who plays uh, Bill, uh, plays Jason Bateman's uh, Men in Black style partner, who's best known as Boyle from Brooklyn Nine Nine. He physically plays Paul, so he's the one walking by, holding them by the hands as if he's a child. And if you ever see any of the making of footage in which it is literally just Joe Latrulio in mocap doing this stuff, it is astonishingly funny. I love that. I love that. Well, listen, Paul, ITV Two, nine PM. If you're a big fan of Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, you know, the Cornetto trilogy, this might be the film that you've been missing all your life. So that's your Wednesday sorted. Your Thursday, moving on to that, is 
a movie that we have talked about many a time here at off screen um it is of course get out it's on film for 9 p.m the film that launched jordan peele into everybody's mm. vocabulary um it's the story that again picked up the oscars uh the nominations that we needed to see at the time in 2017 2018 daniel kaluuya picking another amazing role uh oh, also yeah. alongside alison brie he basically plays a guy who decides to visit his girlfriend's parents during a weekend getaway everything seems a little bit normal at first but it very much takes an unexpected turn so how long has this been going on this this thing <laughs> how long <laughs> four months four months mm. uh, five months actually she's right i'm wrong at a boy better get used to saying that <laughs> I, please, I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. She's right. I'm wrong. <laughs> See? Does he have an off button? No. This is exhausting. I know. I want to give you a tour. They Can just you, like go. unpack first. You want to unpack before the tour? Incidentally, it is an Allison, but it's Williams, not Bree. Oh both gosh, shit. sorry, my both mistake. Stunning, both great in comedies, but this one's Williams, who I think starred in Girls, who I briefly yes. contended would be a great candidate for playing Sue Storm in a Fantastic Four reboot. Yeah, my mistake. Sorry, I got carried away there because I just loved the film so much, and I just assumed it was Alison Brie, and it's just because yeah. Brie is everywhere. She's everywhere at the moment because yeah. she's got a movie out with her husband, with Dave Franco. Uh, they've got The Rental, I think, which is out in the US. It's not got a UK release date yet, but she's doing a lot of press for that. So yeah. you've seen her on a magazine cover. This oh, week, yeah. Probably. Yeah. But also, Brie is my favorite cheese, so it's always at the top of my mind. Um, <laughs> um, do, you remember, do you remember that movie that she did with Jason Sudeikis? It was called, like, Sleeping with Friends or something, where the whole thing was, it's like a friends with benefits type situation. The whole concept was, can he sleep with Alison Brie and not develop feelings for her? And you were like, well, that's science fiction to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Look, this film, we're not going to dwell on it too much because you guys know how great it is. If you haven't watched it before, you know, you need to watch it. And if you have seen it, let's watch it again, people. Uh, Also, great performance from Catherine uh, Kinnear in this as well as as the mum, the mother-in-law, the dreaded in-law. And I was going to say, you're never going to forget that teacup. So there we go. That is uh, Get Out. That is on Film 4, 9 p.m. on Thursday. And then seeing off your week, you're going to watch They Live on Film 4, another Film 4, at 11.35pm. Take us through this one, Van. Okay, first of all, as soon as we mentioned the you know, the name They Live, uh, Rob Yeomans, who you've met, um, listening to this, will have immediately leapt up and cheered and gone, yes, get in. Uh, so this <laughs> stars... <clears throat> this is a uh, 1988 film from John Carpenter. This is sort of a forgettable point. After sort of the late 80s, John Carpenter sort of trailed off a little bit. And uh, this is the... You've, you'll have seen artwork based on this film as regards protest in recent years. It's stars Rowdy Roddy Piper as a sort of nameless drifter who happens upon a pair of alien sunglasses that allow him to see through the disguises of society. He can see that people are in fact aliens in disguise. He can see that billboards are in fact really subliminal messages designed to make you consume and obey. Hence the artwork that you will have seen in the last few years. Same kind of black and white. Is it Shepard Fairy I think is the street artist who's who's capitalised on it in recent years. And of course as he, you know, goes to war on behalf of the human race against this alien threat that no one can see coming, he gets to come out with one of the greatest lines in the history of action cinema. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. 
I'm like slapping myself on the wrist for not having seen this movie. It is so up my street, like such an 80s bonkers sci-fi classic. Even the poster and seeing the, the way they kind of create these um, these aliens. They look like, you know, in Beetlejuice, when you go to the underworld and you see like the... Yes. Yeah, it looks yeah. like the, the, the dead characters there. It's brilliant. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Be honest though, you had heard that line of dialogue before though, hadn't you? Yeah, Even yeah, if you yeah, hadn't yeah. seen the film, you'd yeah. heard that line, you yeah. knew that One, moment. It's so iconic for it. So iconic, One, 100%. But there we go. Look, you've got such a selection this week. Um, rounding it off with what a banger, an 80s classic of They Live on Film 4 at 11.35pm. So that is your movies on TV for now. A great week of movies. Whatever the selection is that you want to uh, watch, there is something there for everyone. Coming up next, we're going to talk all the way through streaming on your home entertainment systems. And we're back for one last ride. And since there's, well, literally nothing out on DVD this coming week, for some reason, I don't know what that's about, maybe we're running out of films that were released in cinemas or something. I mean, it's not like we could have foreseen that problem or anything. The- but we do have... Do you one. think it's just because they're, like, tenants coming out and so they've just gone, <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> we, we can't risk releasing anything on shiny disc because everybody will going to be going to the multiplex. Everybody, everybody will be going to see a film that needs to earn $800 million to generate a profit despite the fact that its director has only ever once earned more than 800 million for a film that didn't involve Batman but I'm just you know splitting hairs at this stage but let's talk about streaming yeah. let's talk about Amazon Prime they've got a fat roster over on Amazon Prime I know I love it because it actually brings back some of the films that I, I grew up and I loved and, and 13 going on 30 is kind of one of those <laughs> you can imagine a teenage girl watching this it's great um, so this is Jennifer Garner um, she plays Jenna Rink who makes an unusual wish on her birthday a Jennifer Garner forever looks like she's kind of 13 years old I think she's got a really sort of (laughs) weird weird sort of thing I don't know anyway she wishes that she um her wish comes true and the 13 year old Jenna wakes up the next day as a 30 year old woman even though I still think Jennifer Garner looks 13 anyway well that's the thing with this movie because it's literally big for girls yeah it's an exact movie the only thing about this is this I think is a little creepier than big in terms of some of the some of the ideas it puts forward I mean there's there's a sequence that's just very very cringe and has it's just gotten worse with age uh, in which you know the 30 year old Jennifer Garner hits on a 13 year old like 13 14 year old yeah girl. you probably wouldn't see that uh, anymore would you I don't think you'd do that now no no, no. no you wouldn't do that now although I will say there's some great things in this as far as I remember Andy Serkis is in this, yep. I believe, in the supporting role. Yeah. Uh, Judy Greer is always fun and she's in this. And of course, as a romantic lead, who do you get other than the one, the only Hulkster himself, Mark Ruffalo, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, now he's never looked 13. He's always looked like he's 30. <laughs> he was 30 looking like he was 35. Yeah. 13 looking like he was 35. Um, but do you know what? This is this is a really fun film. And do you know, for, mm. for, I don't think it feels too dated. I mean, maybe with the clothing, but just generally was it 2003 yeah so it's got some age on it but it's of that time where i think these kind of films really resonated with the audience right you know we weren't having like a hugely saturated film market so when something Mm. like this came out you would rush to the cinema to go and see it and yeah it's a good fun watch what else can i say about it well i mean to be honest if you made this movie now it would be netflix 
making it. Like, I don't think you would make this and release it theatrically. It would be a streaming platform that made this movie now, yeah. definitely. Yeah, 100%. Right, so that is out on Amazon Prime. That is 30 going on... Uh, 13 going on 30. <laughs> Maybe I'm hoping it'll go the other way around and I'll become 30. So that's Sunday the, Sunday the 23rd, that's out. Yep. Uh, on the, the following day, Monday the 24th, you're getting not one. Not two, not even three. You're getting a whole damn series of Underworld movies brought to your platforms. And oh my God, the Underworld series. I I can't tell you if this started good and then got worse or started bad and then got better because it seems to to and fro on that one. I think there was a prequel that was actually half decent, which I think is the third one. And then it becomes set in the future of a four and five and it's a sci-fi series. It's basically about the ongoing eternal war between vampires and werewolves who here are referred to as lichens. And I believe you have Kate Beckinsale as, I think she's Celine, yeah. who is the warrior for the for the vampire for the vampires. For the wolves, you have uh oh my god, what's his name from Triple X State of the Union was the love interest in Felicity. I feel like he's Scott. Oh, Scott Speedman. Scott Speedman, thank you. Wow, I just the... pulled that out of my nineties brain. That is weird. You I really like do. that. From Felicity. Wow. Yes, I love Felicity. <laughs> Don't even get me started. On my do, you, do you still cry when you think about the haircut? I, I seriously considered um, applying to NYU after watching Felicity. Just think, if we didn't have Felicity, we wouldn't have J.J. Abrams, people, so show the proper respect. Anyway, um, so less about Felicity. Uh, you got uh, Michael Sheen is in there as well yep. as the head of the... Is he the head of the werewolves, I think? Wait, hang on. And Michael Bill Sheen? Nye. Wait, so Kate Beckinsale is in this with her ex-husband, Michael Sheen. And is Len Wiseman also her ex-husband now? But he was married to her as well, wasn't he? I, I think this is where everyone met, if I'm honest. Because don't forget, this was, like, <laughs> this was like 18, 19 years ago this is a long time ago wow. and i think for the prequel you get uh, uh rona mitra introduced as well and then uh, people like theo james people like that introduced in the, the, the future set sequels they are all over the shop but this series really does have its fans so you know i i haven't watched them since they first came out i've never watched them in sequence or back to back i may try it i'm tempted if they're on prime i might give them a whirl end to end see how it goes i remember really liking the prequel one i will say that you know what and also we're talking about 13 going on 30 kate beckinsale never ever ages it's quite incredible maybe she is a lichen maybe she's just like forever young it's crazy but yeah i quite like some of the underworld movies they're a bit forgettable though i i kind of mm. you know i'd watch them and then be like oh yeah i've seen underworld and they're like and someone say like yeah but which one and i'm like no idea <laughs> well underworld was very much of that post matrix wave it was yeah. it was the wave of post matrix where everyone dressed in sunglasses at night with leather and they did slow motion CGI backflips off of buildings whilst dodging bullets. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. The weird thing is I remember Underworld being pitched as a uh, horror Romeo and Juliet. I remember it being pitched as that at some point during the during the development of it. And uh, I remember seeing the finished film and thinking, wow, it's nothing like what I expected. That is infinitely worse. But, uh, <laughs> you know, late Friday night at the multiplex, you can't all, they, they can't all be winners. Sometimes you have to see Midnight Meat Train. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. You've got like that to, you've got four minutes movies there to uh, to work out which one's your favourite, if any. Uh, that is um, available on Amazon Prime. Four, five, Four, six? Five. I don't even know how many there are Who now. knows, man? Who knows? Now, talking about favourite movies. Bow, mm. bow, bow, bow. That actually isn't... Oh. Yeah, I know. I'd look, I am annoyed that you haven't immediately pressed the, bu- the play button on Genuine's Pony right now, OK? <laughs> 
fanfare. <laughs> this is really annoying me because it's like it deserves every bit of fanfare for ladies out there everywhere. I, I went looking. I went looking for a clip for this movie and they were all dance sequences. And I was sort of thinking, do you know what? Otherwise, we're just playing a song and then technically we're breaching copyright. So I need something with, uh, with dialogue. And the closest I can find for this sublime 2015 sequel, which still ranks as one of the most fun screenings I have ever been yep, to, yep. closest clip I can find for Magic Mike XXL is this. What are y'all doing here? Uh, Give your mama some sugar. How are you? How are you? They always come back. Mm-hmm. You've been out. How long? Come on, you can find us. Stop and dancing. Come on, look at you. Let me see. Come on, you know Are you even in shape? It's like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is Big Dumb Rick. How you doing? It's Dick. Okay, so you don't have an MC. We do have an MC. You don't have an MC. What am I supposed to do? We do have an MC. Hey, gorgeous. Shut up. Hey, you got a spot for us? 1020. That's why I love you. That's a money spot. I expect y'all make some money in that spot. Thank you. Whatever, whatever that tool is that um, <laughs> Channing Tatum uses in it, and don't use that as a euphemism. I mean, <laughs> I mean the actual building tool that he uses. Is it, not, is it not an axle grinder? Axle grinder. That's it. Yes, that has made an iconic movie moment. Okay, and that teamed up with Genuine Tony is one of the dirtiest iconic movie moments of them all. This is. Do you know what Magic Mike? The original movie had such like it was like. Height. stripper movie Real with heart yeah. yeah it's like it kind of took it down that road and then we came all the way back with xxl i think i asked one of my bridesmaids to be um i think i asked my maid of honor to be my maid of honor after taking her to watch magic mike xxl and then i was like you know what this is great this is what i want my Hindu to be you're my maid of honor <laughs> well you know what as you pointed out like the first movie there was a lot of hype around that first movie and it was you know meant to be the stripper movie with heart and it became this steven soderbergh yeah. you know emotionally wrenched drama about the, about the you know the dark side of this life you're like really not what anyone was turning no absolutely and then you got the sequel and that's the movie you were turning up for the first time it's kind of like Secret Life of Pets where the second movie is actually what you wanted from the first one yeah. and the second one is the big bright colourful fun one everyone's having a good time you get great sequences like Joe Manganiello dancing in the convenience store to I Want It That Way yeah. you get yeah. the genuine pony bit you know which I think is really the male equivalent of uh, Jennifer Beals's. uh maniac sequence in Flashdance. Yeah. You know, I, just some, so many great things. Um, I, 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 we forget that Amber Heard was in this one. Andy McDowell staged something of a low-key comeback with it. And despite the fact that she was on the absolutely dreadful series Gotham at the time, I thought Jada Pinkett was having a blast in this. She was great. Yeah, fun. yeah. And also we lost uh, Alex Pettifer from the first movie. He's not in the second movie, but we and the have... film is all richer for it, isn't it? <laughs> Matt Bomber, um, great actor. Uh, just generally, you can catch him in um, that great Netflix series at the moment. Oh, what is it? Uh, oh, I forget that one. What is it now? Oh, the Reformed or something like something that? Like that. It's, oh, it's, a, it's a the show. Yeah, Isn't it a the show? Yeah. It's a the one word show, yeah. It's something like that. I can't remember. but it is. I always remember him from White Collar, personally. Yeah. And Doom Patrol. He's in Doom Patrol as well. 
But you know what? This is Channing Tatum's film, as it always was oh, going to yeah. be. And for me, if you're going to end a show talking about any movie, make it Magic Mike <laughs> XXL. You've made me a happy lady, Van. <laughs> Thanks for adding that one on at the end. Um, so off screen, we have been here on the couch for another week. We might take a little hiatus in terms of being on the couch and actually take you into the cinema next week. We're going to see. That. Imagine that. See how we're going to go going into the cinema. You know what? We might walk straight back out again and not even be able to view it it just depends what the distancing's like so we will report on either way if we have a review we have a review if we don't we'll tell you why well as i say i mean the film might be rubbish and we walk out in protest over a really poor quality we don't know maybe that's why they've been cagey about maybe it's not very good we don't know but either way you'll find out next week yes you will so i've been bex perfect i've been van connor and we shall return <laughs>